welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. It's exciting to be part of meeting new people because they bring new challenges right? When we have to go, oh, hi, my name's Rachel. And then you forget their name's Steve in like two seconds. You're like, Steve, how do I remember this? Like, I get it. Meeting new people is difficult. We have new expressions. They have new histories. You might have a joke that you kind of, I have only one joke that I can remember at a time. Sometimes people don't laugh and I'm like, it was funny. (laughs) Like, I have to, with new people comes new challenges. So we have to get good at this, right? And there's a temptation to kind of stay with our familiar circle because it's expected and I'm safe. I get it. We want to stay with our friend group or our family and just, we can be around people, but I just kind of want to stay back and not make too many deeper connections because I'm safe over here. New people can be difficult when we come in and, and we're starting to get real and we're starting to stretch friendships. But God hasn't called us as people of God, to stay in our holy hole. Ooh, we go deep this morning. God has called us to go and meet people, to share his good news, right? There is no fear in perfect love. Thank you, Rachel, for bringing that this morning. There is no fear. If we're we're meeting people and we're fearful, maybe we're not experiencing the perfect love that equips us to meet these new people really well. So I love this theme. I love this theme of healthy relationships. Man, if you lean in this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to start unlocking ways that we can connect with other people and connect with God, your life will be changed for the better. There will be freedoms unlocked. We don't have to walk around. We're surrounded by people all the time, unless we're like, I'm going to go hermit over here and prepare for the rapture. Like, we're not called to do that. We're called to go and be around people. So we need to get good at relationships. If you're married in this place, who knows that you have to work at it? If you don't know that, that's a word for you this morning, straight off the bat. We have to work at it. It's not just lock it in and it's happy and safe in the vault of holy matrimony. No, we have to work at it. Friendships, we have to work at it, not just say hi for 20 years. We don't know what the dog's name is. Like, let's go deeper than just hi. If we want to grow in health... We have to work at it. Something's going to cost us, right? But this got me thinking, if God created people to be in community with other people, why is this people thing such a struggle? Why is it probably my biggest struggle? People are constantly the thing that causes this, like, ah, just get off. People, right? Why is a God design of people with people and community, such a struggle. Let's go back to God's original design, original plan. Was it wasn't supposed to be a struggle way back before Adam and Eve sinned. It wasn't supposed to be a struggle. It was supposed to be great teamwork. It was supposed to be growth and health and love and peace And then Adam and Eve. Yeah? Let me take a drink. We see they sinned in the garden, and there was a breakdown of healthy relationship. 
not just between God and them, there was a separation there, but between Adam and Eve. There was now struggle in their marriage and their teamwork. There was difficulty. We read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, God says to Adam, by the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. By the sweat of your brow, you're going to finally have a healthy harvest. Before that, we can just throw it in and it grows. Healthy planet. But now, you're going to throw it in, you're going to have to water it, you're going to have to do the land. If we want health, it's going to cost us something. We're going to have to be intentional because the state of the world that we live in is not just, oh, I'm going to hang out and be with people and everything's going to be great and healthy. We have to be intentional. So by the sweat of our brow, it comes hard work. It's going to cost us. So the title of my message this morning is The Relationship Cost. The Relationship Cost. How much is it going to cost us? I think it's important to be really uh, wise about what it's going to cost us. If we want to buy a new car and we have our eyes on like a $50,000 car, but we have 15 grand in the bank. There's like a difference there. So we need to be wise. We can't be putting all of our dreams into, into something that's actually costing us more than we can intentionally understand. And Jesus knew what it would cost. He was well aware. He knew that it would cost him his life. It was a really big price. If you don't know, it was a huge price that is on your life. The value that Jesus has on your life is a huge cost. God laid down his life. He was after a healthy relationship. When, when sin came in, there was a breakdown of healthy relationship. And that's what he desires the most out of anything in the whole world, a healthy relationship with you. And he was willing to pay that cost. A healthy relationship requires faith and active love and forgiveness. This is what Jesus did. Faith without works is dead. So there is an active love, an active forgiveness, intentionality for the work that we have to put in to these relationships. But here's the interesting thing that I found. It's quite a key this morning, if you can get this. Jesus didn't restore relationships. Jesus paid the price for an offer. He offers us a healthy relationship. He didn't make us come into healthy relationship. Finally, it's all better. Yay. He's offering us. He's paid the price to offer us a healthy relationship with him. He offers, we accept. He offers, sometimes people don't accept. They have that freedom. And so he keeps on offering. It's going to cost us the offer of love and forgiveness. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. What a scripture. Have a read of Romans 12 when you get home. It's pretty, it's pretty great encouragement for how we're to live with people. I find it interesting that it doesn't say, Do all that you can to make your household peaceful and your friends peaceful and then you've got your peaceful circle and now we're all peaceful. Yes, we did it. Or not all that you can to find people that never trigger you. Ooh, go to intervene. We'll, we'll deal with that. It's fine. 
or don't tick you off. Or just find those people, and then there you there you found your people that don't trigger you, or not all that you can to make people realize their issues so they can fix it. So then now I can offer peace with the fixed person. Oh, no, we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. It's going to cost you each time, which can be really freeing because now the ball's in your court, or really frustrating because you're like, but you don't understand, like, (laughs) what I'm dealing with over here. Yeah, I get it. I'm the same. I need people to forgive me. I'm I'm difficult. (laughs) And if you don't know you're difficult with some people, maybe you are. (laughs) Oh, Holy Spirit's moving. I can feel it now. (laughs) It's going to cost us when we're dealing with people to respond in forgiveness when they don't deserve it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's going to, going to cost us to love the unlovely. It's going to cost us to choose righteous living in a sinful environment. That's a cost. So we're going to unpack that this morning in the story of Joseph. What a guy. Love Joseph in the Bible. He's pretty cool. This is in the book of Genesis, chapter 37. In the Bible, we're going to have a look at this man. He's pretty cool because we've got these two uh, encounters. He's got these two relationship situations that he's dealing with. We can see him paying a really hefty price. So I really hope that as I unpack this, you will start thinking about the relationships in your world and how you would respond, right? Allow the Holy Spirit to start bringing up. I know this is a sensitive topic when we're dealing with people. It's a matter of the heart. I get it. It's really heavy, but God really cares about you. He wants you to walk into freedom. So we're going to look at Joseph. To give you a recap, if you don't know this man, he is the second youngest son of 12 sons. It's a lot of boys. Good on their mums, keeping them alive. And their dad is Jacob, also known as Israel. They end up becoming the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 sons. So you can read more of these stories in the Old Testament of these guys. But we have a problem because Joseph's brothers hate him. They really, really do. Not like, oh, you annoying little brother. Like, they hate their brother. They, some would say they have an unhealthy relationship. Um... They, they hate him so much that they want to murder him. They have plans to murder him. They hate that their dad gave him a really cool, colorful jumper. They hate that he is the favorite in the family. They hate that he's sharing his dreams about how one day they're going to probably bow down and worship him like he's the king. Probably shouldn't have shared that with those brothers at the time. But they have an unhealthy relationship. It's really, really difficult. And instead of killing him, they decide to sell him as a slave for 20 pieces of silver. About a $200 profit, not too bad. But they have an unhealthy relationship. It's not going well. See, in this moment, Joseph still has the freedom to offer a healthy relationship. But does he want to? I would call these people toxic. Go away, crazy murdering brothers. (laughs) But what would you do? If you had this sort of family that really hated your guts and sold you as a slave, if you ever came across them, maybe we'd we'd have bitterness starting to well up in our hearts or unforgiveness or rage or just like a shutdown PTSD mode of just back off. 
This is all fear. But where God is, perfect love casts out fear. He still has the opportunity to offer a healthy relationship. So we're going to pause there for his brothers. Joseph's now a slave, so we've got to deal with this. So now Joseph is a slave. We're down in Genesis chapter 39 to a man named Potiphar. He's the officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And we have new people. He's new people to meet, new faces, new names to remember, new culture. So he's kind of, okay, I've got to go in and I've got to say, hello, my name's Joseph. I'm working for you now. And Joseph decides to offer a healthy relationship to Potiphar. So we can see this because he is hardworking. He is paying the cost of being trustworthy. He is a handsome, fit young guy that is likable, chatting to people. He is offering hard work and he's building trust with Potiphar. He is offering a healthy relationship. And Potiphar accepts this offer of a healthy relationship and trusts him back. We see it that he trusts, he increases Joseph's responsibilities because of this mutual, healthy, growing, flourishing relationship. Can you see that they are both working to put into this relationship? Genesis 39 verse 5, it says, For Potiphar, all of his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. Verse 6, So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food to eat. Sounds like an ad for a friendship with Joseph. It's awesome. They love him. And so they've finally, he's finally found somebody where he can offer, and Potiphar is accepting. And now we're just working on this beautiful, healthy, thriving. God's hand of favor is on this man because he is offering Joseph is, not because of his circumstances. And then comes along another new face to meet, Potiphar's wife. Yay. <laughs> so this woman comes in and she's like, wow, Joseph's so hardworking. He's so hot. He's so strong. Oh, my gosh. And she starts having some sinful desire welling up. She sees and starts acting on her sin nature, she goes up and goes, Joseph, I want you to sleep with me. Excuse me? What? And then she starts pestering. She is full of lust. She is full of desire that is sinful. She is full of manipulation. She is hounding him. And it says that day after day, she would go up to Joseph and go, come and sleep with me. Now, in the Word of God, it doesn't say if Joseph had sinful um, desire as well or attraction to her, sometimes we can be attracted and it's not sin. He doesn't say what he wrestled with. Maybe he wrestled with the idea of, okay, so depending on how I deal with the situation, I could get fired or killed or like, it doesn't talk about the wrestle that went on in his head. It talks about his actions, what it cost him. It says he said no. <laughs> no. This is a healthy relationship reaction sometimes. He said no. He said it would be sinful to God and to your husband Potiphar. Some say no, crazy lady. And then he said, I'm going to now limit my interactions with her. If you've seen um, Emperor's New Groove, the, ah. I'm going to limit my interactions with her. 
because I need to have some sort of boundary between me and crazy person over here that wants to be sinful against God. Boundaries are a part of healthy relationships. And he is exampling this so well. He kept out of her way, her way as much as possible. <sighs> a healthy relationship doesn't always mean an intimate relationship. A healthy relationship doesn't always mean an intimate relationship. Holy Spirit's been um, wanting me to share with you. Maybe that's somebody here today that you need to grieve with the Holy Spirit a relationship that you were desiring to be intimate, but it's not healthy, it's not righteous, it's not honoring God. And the intimacy that you're craving, we're going to have to give that over to God and release it and allow a boundary to come into place for, for God's sake, for righteousness' sake. But there is still a pathway for this woman. He's put up a boundary and said, no, no. These are the parameters of our... He's not saying, I'm running away from this lady. Block her off. Get rid of her. He's saying, I'm still going to work around, but there's a limitation. If you're going to respect this boundary, if you're going to repent of your sin, I could start lessening that. Maybe we could form a friendship in the future. Maybe we could start healing what has happened. Maybe we could start talking about when you, if you're repentant of your sin, we can start dealing with this relationship again, coming closer. There's a pathway. So Joseph offers the cost of a healthy relationship. He's, he's putting it all out there. We don't know how she's going to respond. We're not controlling what she's doing with her life. But she ends up rejecting his offer for that healthy boundary. And she cries wolf and she calls out to Potiphar, Joseph's raped me. And, yeah, right? I told you, crazy lady. And she starts calling out, this is what this man has done. Potiphar then uh, throws him in prison, believes what she's said, throws him in prison. And so that was the response of that relationship, that he offered health. She rejected it. Doesn't this sound like what Jesus does? Jesus paid the price he offers redemption, a way forward. Some people reject it. We can't control what people are doing, but Jesus will always offer. Always. So now we're up to Joseph and his brothers. Just a quick recap. Joseph went from slave to prison and now all the way to the governor of all of Egypt. Woo! And I call that the favor of God over an obedient man. If you want to see how he got there, just read the story of Joseph. It's pretty hectic. So we've gone slave to prison to governor of Egypt. And there's a famine in the land. And all of Joseph's brothers are now coming to Egypt because they are desperate to talk to the governor because they really, really need food, not knowing it's their baby brother that they sent away as a slave. So now we're having these brothers come and meet again. We have an opportunity for Joseph to respond in the pain that he's not dealt with and to shove down for years and years and years. Because I don't want to talk about that one again. That hurt. And they're long gone. Or he wants to offer a healthy relationship because he's allowing God to bring healing into his heart. He's not sitting in that bitterness and that hurt. It's up to him. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 reminds us to be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So much has been forgiven of us. We can forgive each other. And it's easy to say this scripture, be kind and tender-hearted. It's really easy to say that when you're not in the context of your brothers who wanted to kill you, right? It's easier to sit here in church and be like, yeah, I probably should forgive. But then it's Christmas lunch and you're like, whoa, too soon. Like, (laughs) and right in your face. I get it. So God gets it. It's difficult. What about Jesus on the cross? When the people right in front of him in the very act of sinning against him and he forgave them. Oof, the love of God. And so what Joseph does is he ends up offering forgiveness, active in his love. And he has faith that there were, it's not just, oh, I've just got to do the right thing. He has faith that there is going to be a healthy relationship restored. So he offers to his brothers, all right, I want to re-enter into a healthy relationship. And they accept it. And there is, there is a joyous reunion. There is tears. There is celebrating. There is feasting. There is There is a healthy relationship that has been restored. There is always hope when we do it God's way. Jesus did it first. It works. That's why I'm a Christian, because it worked for me. If you're sitting here, it worked for you. Jesus did it first. This reminds me of my own brother. I have four brothers. We had a fun fun childhood. But my little brother, Ryan, not so little anymore. We had, a, we had a strange relationship growing up. I really, really loved my brothers, but I just didn't know how to express it. So I would pin them to the ground and be like, I love you. And like, you know, I, like, I seem more peaceful now, but we were aggressive children. Like, if he was stretching, perfect opportunity to just smack him in the gut. He's like, oh my gosh, your love is weird. Like, and I just, my unhealthy way to to be with my brother is I craved hugging them and being close to them so much that I would just get it whatever way I could because I was bigger and stronger. So I would just make them love me. And this was kind of normal with all the boys and I was just like the only girl, just we're all just whacking each other. It's good fun. But it was unhealthy. And we didn't see that this was an issue as we grew up. In fact, Ryan responded to this poorly And he goes, looks like I'm not a hugger anymore, and just didn't hug anybody. And that's just the way that we thought he was, until he got himself a fiancé. And every time she went to give him a hug, he's like, what? Back off. And she's like, do you want to hug? He's like, yeah, I do want to hug you. She's like, then what was that? (laughs) And Ryan was like, oh, I think... Wait, let me go all the way back to my childhood. (laughs) Way back. Oh, it was my sister. (laughs) So now Ryan has to pay the cost of the awkward conversation with his big sister. Forgiveness in his heart and faith that we can make amends. And he comes and he offers me a boundary. He says, hey, Rach, because I was still doing it. It's like muscle memory. So tempting. He goes, Rach, boundary, don't whack me in the stomach anymore. Let me stretch with freedom. Which was funny because that was Chris's rule. Yawns and stretches are free. 
So I, I was good with Chris, not with Ryan. That was, that was fine. But he put a boundary in place for health. Don't whack me in the stomach. And then he offered me a way forward. He goes, I will offer you a hug if you embrace that hug within our boundary and respect it. And then I had to oh, apologize humbly. And man, it was hard. Man, that muscle memory was like 25 years old. It was, oh, I was, it was really hard. But because I valued him so much, I had to, I wanted to have healthy relationship with him. And since we were, I'm so glad that you brought it up to me. Since we worked on that, I finally get to have a closer relationship with him. I get actual hugs that we both enjoy. We are now walking in health, right? This is the cost of a healthy relationship. So I want to ask, are you willing to pay the cost of a healthy relationship? You, are you willing to, to put the boundaries in place, to have that awkward conversation, to have forgiveness? You're going to have to deal with some forgiveness between you and God. I've, I've done it sometimes where I'm like, just letting you know I'm forgiving you up to the person. It's not... It's between you and God. It's your heart. Are you willing to pay that cost? And now, we may be going, okay, I really want some healthy relationships. I really do. I want a healthy marriage. I want to walk into this as far as, as, far as I can offer. And we may know what it costs now, but when we're kind of seeing how much we have available. We're like, you know, I could do three to five relationships well. That's about as much as I have in my budget. If I'm pouring out forgiveness, you don't understand how much forgiveness these people need. If I have to do that all the time, and I've read in the Bible, there's no end to forgiveness. We have to forgive over and over and over. We have to love people over and over. Maybe three to five relationships. I could... I could do with the finance of love I have. We need to then take a step back and check where our income is coming from. Check where our income of love is coming from. If it's coming from people, the return on our investment, it makes sense, then we won't ever have enough. Ever. Not in our marriages, not in our friendships, not in our best pals, not in the people we so love, and even if they love us back really well. If we're looking at what we can receive back to fill us up from people, we won't ever have enough to love people the way Jesus has asked us to love, to love many people. We need to look at where we're getting us our, our love from. If we are offering healthy relationships and expecting a return of love to fill us up, there won't ever be enough to satisfy us. If we're willing to pay the cost for a healthy relationship, we have to have enough in the budget, right, to love others. Sometimes we can feel so dry of love, and we're like, man, I have given out a lot this week. I'm going to take a break because I'm feeling super, super dry. Can I tell you, God's love is the only thing that will satisfy us. God's love. And you may be thinking, well, okay, how does that work? Because God can love me, but then other people can love me, and that's tangible. God's love exceeds time, 
has forgiven everything you've done. God's love is so faithful and steadfast that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. God will pour in his love that it will satisfy us. If you look up how many scriptures in the word of God, in the Bible, that talks about being satisfied in the love of God, you can just sit in that for a while. God's love is satisfying. It quenches our thirst and our hunger. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Make the Lord make your love increase and overflow. Who wants to have an increase and then an overflow of love? Even if, what if our friends are going through a season and they just can't bring encouragement back to us? That's okay. I have unconditional love for you because I have an increase and an overflow from my Father. I'm good. I know where I'm getting my source from. I know where I'm getting my love from. I am so satisfied in the love of God that I'm not requiring it from my children, from my friends, from my husband. These are all just gifts that I get to enjoy the blessing and the return as I sow in, I can receive, but I don't require that to sustain who I am as a follower of God. God's love will satisfy us. God loves people so much, so much, that he wants to make your love increase for the sake of others, for the sake of giving out to people. As we seek God, as we seek God's love with all our heart, I find this interesting in the um, greatest two commandments, love God, love others. You know, they're not equal. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Are we putting that much effort into seeking the love of God? Because then when it talks about people, it says love, your, love others as you love yourself. When they're weeping, cry with them. When they're rejoicing, celebrate with them. If they're sick, pray for them. Bring them a meal. As you look after yourself, as you love yourself, there's the answer right there, how to love other people. But not, that's not how we treat God. With God, it is all of my attention and my affection, my strength, all of my time. I want to just pursue you, Lord, because he is the only one that can satisfy this love that I need filled up and overflowed so I can keep loving these people. We need to get the balance right. God is above all, and He is the only one that can pour His love into us and satisfy us. Would you be willing to pay the cost? Have a think about the people that you desire healthy relationships with. Your family your friends, strangers, that you would have a healthy interaction with them. Think about the moments that trigger you, that are difficult, that you would have an overflow of love, that you can pay the cost and go, well, this is what I can offer. This is what I can offer you. And it's going to be healthy for both of us. I want restoration in my relationships. So as far as it depends on me, this is what I can offer. This is what Jesus did for us. He offers us a healthy relationship, and we can accept it. 
God's original design was for people to be in healthy relationship with other people. There is supposed to be harmony and peace. Let's continue to be satisfied in God's love so that we can continue to pursue healthy relationships. Amen.